Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today, we salute you, Mr. Gender Flipping Weenie Snipping Man Woman. Mr. Gender Flipping Weenie Snipping Man Woman. The only thing you trannies should be advertising is transmission fluid at advanced auto parts. But instead, you somehow manage to be the face of a company whose product influences you to make bad decisions. Like cutting off your penis. Oh, the irony. Mentally, you may be living on another planet, but because of wokeism, this is your world. So here's to you, conquistadors of our culture. Sit back, relax, and crack open a few of they slash them Bud Lights. We know you worked your dick off for this. What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to episode number 49 of Thinking Logically. Dr. Corsi, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just, uh... Had a little bit of free time last night. Checked out some hockey playoffs, some basketball playoffs. Sacramento Kings won their first game and playoff game in like what a decade longer. So yeah, up two zero on Golden State. Crazy. Yeah, it's been a slow week, slow news week. It seems like we're just talking about it. Not uh, a whole lot going I mean, on. Th- there, there should be. We never got to the bottom of that mass shooting. Did, did we? Uh, well, I guess I could say which one. Good point. The, the, the Trump indictment, is that is that over? No. Well, he, looks like that's coming coming to a head in December, January, so. COVID-19? Did we ever get to the bottom of where that started? <laughs> We're not talking about dog? COVID. The emergency is over, Joe. It's over with. They declared it over. <laughs> Oh my! Did you did you watch the Night Agent yet on Netflix? No, I did not have a chance. We, we, we're going to set it up. How many episodes is it? We could probably get it done in a few it. days. You got to watch it. This is right up your alley, Joe. Uh, is ten. it just one season? Right now, yeah, ten episodes, about fifty minutes each episode. Night Agent. We can wipe that out in a week, less than a week, Monday through Thursday. Yeah, you got to watch that. You'd like it. Uh, anything else going on? How's uh, how's the family? Man, what do you He's starting to roll over the, the, the crew, our son. Starting to roll over both ways and, and attempting to crawl and all that fun stuff. So you got to watch him. Got to yeah. watch him. So he's transitioning into a dog, it. I guess you could say. He's on, on all fours now, almost. So I see you made it to a Catholic church this weekend. So that's good. Yeah, we had to leave at the very end of the ceremony. Everyone, everyone shuffling out woke woke our woke our son up who didn't have a nap all day. So that was it's, all, it's fun see- being a parent. It's fun. Yeah. Did you see any uh, any notice any uh, skinheads, Nazis, any right right wing extremists in, in the Catholic there was church? A, there was a guy that you're you're not going to believe this. I think he was listening to a sports game or something during the the, the thing, the confirmation, because he kept on like checking this. He must have had an earpiece in. So I don't know. Either that or he was an FBI agent. <laughs> what are We don't know. The Fed. All right, uh, so let's get into it, Joe. Uh, you know, you put together a, a pretty good episode in what I would call a slow news week. 
And we are going to start with President Biden's family vacation slash trip to Ireland. This was teetering on bizarre, uh, like a lot of things he does. And the reason why, and you never heard this in the media, what on earth was he thinking taking his son, Hunter Biden, with him on an official visit to Ireland? No one ever talked about that. What do you, what do uh, you have for us? I mean, what else do you really expect? And we're never going to get an answer. If, if that gets, what time is it right now? It's, it's like 1 o'clock. So I think the press briefing's at 2.30, so we won't know if it's asked then, again, why Hunter Biden was on the plane on taxpayer dollars flying over there when he should be under investigation, along with his father, who's POTUS. But that he just goes right along for the, for the ride, for the Biden family vacation to Ireland in the middle of a world in a in numerous crises whatever the term is you want to use because we got wars going on. We got banks melting down, which they're doing a little bit better today. It seems, uh, I mean the border and this dude went to Ireland, went to Ireland. And then I, I didn't see this. This is from Euro news. He confirmed his reelection run in Ireland. Did he? I don't know. I can't find video. That's the thing with this guy. You just never know what what he's. It's like watching WWF wrestling. You just never know if it's real or not. And then something happens, like Owen Hart falls fifty feet from the rafters and dies in the middle of the ring, and you don't know if it's a, if it's an angle or not. Did he say it? I don't know. I don't know. He might have slipped up and said something that he wasn't supposed to say. He said he did say, "Oh, I can't find the video now." That he didn't. He told the Irish crowd he didn't. He didn't want to leave. Really? (laughs) Then, by all means, stay. Please stay. Well, it says here. It says here he did confirm his intentions to run for re-election in 2024. (laughs) When asked by the press about his 2024 bid, President Biden said. I told you my plan is to run again. Okay. Why do it there? Because he was asked. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. He's a walking zombie. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's just rattling off answers. That might not even be the correct answer. We don't even know. Keep in mind, the dude just had a cancerous something removed, skin lesion removed, which we got no no stories on that not too long ago. And He's never had a cognitive test. Still, three years later, almost. Well, <laughs> it looks like he's going to run then. I mean, who's going to primary him? Is the question. Marianne Williamson picking up in popularity on on TikTok, right? Yeah, I don't even know who this person is, by the way. Marianne, I never heard of her. What is she a writer? Looks like she's about seventy-one. Going to be seventy-one. From Houston, can she challenge uh, our, our dear leader? 
he shouldn't even be like president of like a committee in a nursing home, and he's of the United States of America. I, I, I don't like listen. So, what does he mean here? This is this is a quote from him on the trip, representing you know the seal of the United States on on the on the podium. What is he talking about here? Nothing our nations can't achieve if we do it together. I really mean it. So thank you all. God bless you all. Let's go. Let's go lick, lick the world. Let's get it done. Let's go lick the world. Let's go get it done. TMZ. Let's get after it. Lick the world. Biden. President Biden tells Irish crowd. What, what do you think he meant to say? I, I don't know. That That's like the thing. It's it's turned into WWF. It's, it's turned into every day is like WrestleMania. The weeks leading up to WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble. What do you call it, Joe? KFOB. KFOB, whatever it's called. Yes. <laughs> KFOB. Well, it's, is it? We still have another year and a half to go till election day, 2024. That means we're two and a half years in, two and a half years out, I should say, from his uh, his his election. We I want to hammer home years. this. I got to hammer home this wrestling angle. Like he appointed, like Biden appointed this that that guy wears a dress. It's it's almost like a wrestling angle. Which which one that wears a dress? There's multiple people. The, he, the guy he's appointed to wear his dresses. The number two for nuclear waste or disposal or whatever. Yeah. Was and he was caught stealing like that's a wrestling angle. He stole clothes or something, and then they they got into a fight at the airport. Right. I just I I <laughs> the ladder match where he's falling up the stairs just. <laughs> It's all just it, it's it is. It is. Well, it's very entertaining. It's just just like wrestling. It's very entertaining. Talk about Hunter Biden, Joe. What do you think? What kind of messages that send to the world when he's bringing along? Oh, just pick an adjective out of a hat you want to you want to use for Hunter Biden. What, what message does that send? I'll tell you what message it sends. We don't give a shit what you think about our crackhead artist son. We're going to bring him along. There's even reports that we heard Peter Ducey from Fox News say he was asked if he's living in the White House. They, Peter Ducey said, well, we see him a lot. We see him a lot. So what if Hunter Biden is living in the White House? I mean that 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 wouldn't that's another thing that just would not surprise me. That would not surprise me. Where where is he living? Like I, I feel like we should like not not that it should be like public knowledge, but like the it's a big deal because of the laptop and then the fact that how many former Intel heads covered up for the laptop and fifty one. Yeah, and then social media companies all in cahoots covered up the, the, the laptop, this kid's laptop. And don't forget that Mark Zuckerberg, right before all this broke out, that like, hey, uh, Elon bought Twitter and this is all going to be exposed. He came out on was Joe Rogan and it had to explain like, oh, yeah, well, F- the FBI came to us and said, hey, there's a lot of misinformation going around, floating around out there about, you know, from Russia. What was that all about? 
Facebook's just as guilty as this too. That that, that they're trying to get in front of the story. Can't you see it? Pull the wool off from, uh, away from your eyes and open them. I know. I know. I can Ugh. say something more about the, 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 this, the, the Hunter Biden thing. Like, uh, but it's what, what's the point? It's it's right in our face. It's just it's 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 just it's right in our face. Yeah, it's right in our face. They don't care. Who makes these decisions, though? It can't be clearly. It's not Joe Biden. I, I, I would be very surprised if it was him or Jill. So who makes the decision to say, okay, that, that's fine. That's a good look, especially right before you announce your reelection campaign. Let's have him front and center on the tarmac. Who makes well, that I've been, decision? I've been saying that since day one, Joe. Who's running the Who's calling the shots? Who's running the show? Who tells Biden what to do? Is it, who's the new chief of staff? I think Ron Klain's on his way out. He's been on his way out for a while. I just saw he took a job at a law firm. Uh, Jeff Perkins Zint. Cooey, which which one? Please say it's Perkins, Perkins Cooey. Cooey. Uh, Jeff Zintz is now the White House chief of staff. I'm going to imagine it's probably him and whoever else that's underneath him. They're probably calling all the shots. Uh, what do you think? I, I honestly, I, I I don't I don't know uh, who is. You, you actually, honestly, not to sound like experience, you, 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 you have to question, does Obama have, or Valerie Jarrett, or any, uh, what's the, Powers, her last name? No, Valerie Jarrett, you're right. Do they have any, do they have any say in this? And honestly, if they do, is that criminal? Because they're using this, this dementia patient as a yeah, fight, as a criminal. They have, this is you like know they still stuff. have contacts in the White House, I guarantee it. He's just an empty suit. He's he's just a, a, an empty suit that's just there to accomplish. He's the third Obama term. It, yeah. it, it, just put it simply. Like Obama, Obama's main thing that he wanted to, he kind of wanted to get rid of the guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after Sandy Hook, I mean, that was awful uh, in the putting it lately. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of call to action after that, for sure. Uh, All right. I just, but here, here, here's the issue. Joe Biden, he goes on that family vacation, comes back, and this is from the Gateway Pundit. Joe Biden calls a lid first thing this morning, hasn't been seen in days since returning from Ireland. And that was yesterday afternoon. So I don't know if anyone's seen him today yet or not. But look at the picture of him in the, in the article from the Gateway Pundit. Oh, my Lord, does he... he he looks like in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end, like his face is half melted off. He does. Oh man, that's bad. He he looks like he looks like Aegon Targaryen from yeah, it's a good uh, House too. of the Dragon. That's what he yeah. looks like. Yeah, at the like, end of the season, very end where he has the one eye missing, but clearly Biden he may have he may have both eyes. I don't know. They're black now instead of blue. So yeah, we should have some audio from uh, from. Donald Trump's interview with Tucker Carlson when he said Tucker asked him if you know about Joe Biden running again and Donald Trump said I don't think he can he said there's something wrong wait says that in the mainstream media no one he's vigorous me. what are you talking about says that. The man, yeah the man's vigorous 
Joe Biden's a vigorous individual. That, that how old he is? Eighty some years old. And one day it's all going to come out, Joe, uh, as to why big tech, social media, and, and, and mainstream media are all running cover for the Democratic Party. It's going to come out one day. It's going to come. Speaking out. of Tucker, did you? Uh, I watched a little bit of his. Actually, I watched the whole episode. Him and Elon. Uh, there were some things I didn't like that Elon said. But did you also see that Elon said he voted for Biden over Trump? No, I didn't watch the interview. I didn't watch the interview. Uh, I, 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 I wanted to and uh, got sidetracked, but I want to catch some of the highlights here at some point. What was his reasoning? I, I, I actually, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because my, I think my jaw just hit the floor. That was the only thing I heard after. I like, I really didn't think he would vote for for Biden. I mean, I didn't yeah. think maybe I maybe I was grossly incorrect. We, we were just grossly incorrect, and Joe Biden. From his basement, really did get eighty-one plus million votes. I don't know. From his basement, and he's going to do it again. He, <laughs> he might, might get more than eighty-one million next election. He might get a hundred million and win it again. He's probably going to get ninety. This is like this is like in high school. We were like vote for like the dorkiest per- person to win like the the cool award. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Let's move on to the. What do we call him here? Uh, what the kind leaker? of leaker? What kind of leaker is this? He's a national guardsman or something. <laughs> it's the funniest. It's the funniest story ever because this is all the news has been focused on. Well, normally they put like, yeah, but normally they put like a, a word in front of a leaker, like oh, this is the so and so leaker. What? Who? What leaker is this? It's not really the Pentagon Papers, the, the Ukraine paper leaker, the Ukraine <laughs> leaker, the Russia leaker. But that the might national- be confused with the, the, the P-tape stuff. Yeah, the National Guard leaker? Okay, I'm just going to say it because the news, the, the media covered it for a long time. And I don't watch Fox. Maybe it was asked on there. But how in the hell, this is clearly, this is clearly a, I'm going to say false flag, but this is clearly a fake story. Because how in the hell does a 21-year-old National Guardsman get access to top secret Pentagon material. Give me a give me a break here. Supposedly he had a clearance. I don't care. There's no way he had access to that. There is no way. Some there's two ways it happened. Someone either helped him or he's the patsy. There's no there's the, 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 it's there's no other way. And I don't care what they say because they've been wrong on everything. All right? Listen to this. Think of it this way. The press was present and live, live with the video feed when the FBI made the arrest and pranced them out for show. Within minutes of his arrest, the headlines literally said, read, the leaker is a right-wing, racist, anti-Semitic, gun-obsessed extremist. I mean, how the hell was the New York Times there, Mark? How the hell were they at the kid's house before the raid? I. <laughs> it's a great question. You've been right about these things before. That's all I'll say to our listeners out there. You have a knack for sniffing these things out. And I want to read you a tweet here from System Update. And then a reply from Glenn Greenwald. Rather than press the government on the content within the Ukraine docs leak, quote unquote journalists use today's Pentagon briefing to demand that more be done to prevent future leaks. This should be unthinkable. What kind of journalists push for less government transparency? 
And then Glenn Greenwald goes on to respond. What's the only thing more surreal and twisted than watching, air quotes, journalists become the leading advocates for more online censorship? Watching them do the FBI's work to hunt down leakers, then march to the Pentagon to demand it do more to prevent future transparency and leaks. Okay. And then, and then what, what, well, one more, one more. And then this is what you said, though. The New York Times just named the Pentagon leaker and hunted him down before the FBI from Sager and Jetty on Twitter. Leader of online group where secret documents leaked is Air National Guardsman. So you, after you reading that, it makes me think like, this is, this is how they're going to do it. This is how they're going to prevent information from getting out. They're going to say it's a leak or it's national securities at stake because they can't use the mis and disinformation label anymore. You see what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're having trouble with that, that mis and disinformation stuff. So they're just going to say, F it, it's national security. Our, our lives are at stake. That, that's what they're going to use, I think. I mean, it's a, it's a good point. All of a sudden, too, another good point. Whistleblowers are whistleblowers are now bad, whereas a couple years ago whistleblowers were good. I mean, think about it. Vinman, remember the Vinman guy from Ukraine? I mean, some of our listeners might not know who I'm talking about. He was he was totally fine. This is from Politico, political Politico of all sources, testimony. White House lawyer told Vindman not to discuss Ukraine call. But he discussed it, and it was fine because it benefited the people that hate war and hate Trump and hate all that stuff. Right. I, I think I know why the journalists in, in traditional media are doing this. I mean, Sager also tweets here, Washington Post is already branding the Pentagon leaker as a racist and anti-government nut. They're going to crucify this dude. And Glenn Greenwald, again, that the democracy dies in darkness, Washington Post now does the job of the U.S. security state by hunting down its leakers and doing everything to expose their identity really says everything about the real function and ideology of these media corporations. My take is that they're doing this because if this guy's leaking documents out haphazardly or doing it on a video game or Discord server, that means that he's ahead of the government bureaucrats or whatever you want to call them, people inside these government agencies who normally leak things out to the media, who normally leak things out to the media, and these leakers are happen. It's every day that things the, are getting. You said out. the Washington Post. The Washington Post made their living off of the leaks from the Mueller, uh, whatever that was, probe, whatever you want to call that. I mean, it was like hungry, hungry hippos when it came to uh, the Steele dossier. All them leaks. Come on, does no one remember that? Democracy dies in darkness as they're putting them putting that at the head. They have no self-awareness at all. None. Yeah. None. Yeah. Um, so that's my take. I, I just feel like they're going after these guys because they need to protect their institution. They need to protect the source of their information, which, as we just said, are these leaks from people that work high up in the White House or in the Pentagon or whatever government agency you want to throw out there. So 
Again, we didn't really hear a lot about what was in those documents, did we, Joe? No, and uh, I think we covered it. We covered it, it last just, week. It was just breaking. I think that was the day it happened. And I said, like, they're, they're admitting that it's – they're not saying it's not true, but they're not admitting it's true. That tells you right there it's probably all true. Yeah. It was just like, remember the Hillary Clinton or the DNC document leak in 2016? They were, CNN was telling you, you can't legally look at these documents because they've been hacked and it's illegal to even see these things. Like, okay. Well. <sighs> right. Oh, man. Well, um, guys, I mean, everyone listening, we see, we see how this is going. All right. You see what the story is. It's not about the documents. It's not about what's in the documents. It's about this quote-unquote, 21-year-old leaker, guardsman, uh, who somehow got access to this top-secret material and distributed it on some sort of platform where he was just basically... 4chan. Was it 4chan? I don't even know. I don't know. Details are are apparently very important because they they wanted to throw that 4chan in there, but 21-year-old National Guardsman. Apparently showing his friends, group of friends, buddies, gaming friends, whoever what's going on over there really and that he had access to these things hey guys hey guys you want to see a dead ukrainian body (laughs) well before we move on to mitch mcconnell uh his retirement this is also from uh, i'm just kind of perusing sagger's twitter here as you guys know i listen like a lot of it you know a lot of the information i collect is from breaking points podcast with sagger and jetty and crystal ball pretty down the middle um you know uh not legacy media but you'll like this joe uh your boy ned price right spokesperson for the biden state department remember, remember yeah him? yeah he was a former msnbc analyst well now he's being replaced as spokesperson for the biden state department by MSNBC analyst currently Matthew Miller. Glenn, Glenn Greenwald goes on to say, MSNBC is the all but explicit propaganda arm of the Biden White House. That's why they trade personnel like this with such ease. Lateral moves within the same entity. It's also why MSNBC led the way attacking the Twitter files to protect the censorship regime of Biden, CIA, FBI, and Department of Homeland Security. So there you go. Right, they're working hand in hand with MSNBC. It's like a baseball farm system. Like they, you're, yeah. sorry, you're going down to AAA. You're getting, you're getting bumped down to MSNBC. It's crazy. It, it, it's honestly crazy if you think about it. I mean, we have a cable news channel who is working on behalf of this regime. That's what they are. They're a regime, enacting regime policies. In regime politics. So we got to keep working hard, Joe. We got to keep doing this. We got to keep this up. We got to get our listeners on board with getting out and voting, you know, in 2024 for the Republican Party. That's all there is to it. There's no other option. So we'll keep it up. Um, but you have something here on Mitch McConnell, apparently, that uh, Senate leadership. Uh, they're kind of testing the waters, dipping their toes in the waters a little bit, seeing 
putting feelers out there, getting ready for who's going to replace Mitch McConnell as um, Senate Minority Leader. Joe, what do you have? Well, keep in mind, this is a few weeks after he fell, we'll say, in quotation marks, and had to be hospitalized for a concussion. But I guess, A, it was reported widely that he was going to retire and that they were searching for a replacement. But I guess aides on Monday pushed back on this and said that, no, he's not going to retire. You know, look forward to seeing him for a while. So who knows if he's going to retire or not. But come on, what's what's going on here? I mean, how old is Mitch McConnell? He's 80. He's fallen down steps. He's 80 some years old. You got Diane Feinstein who is 90 years old or close to it. She can't even serve because she has shingles. You got another one that's just been released, who we'll get into in a minute, from the from the loony bin, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. This is the Senate. I named three senators out of 100 that are basically dead. <laughs> Diane, Diane Feinstein... Feinstein. The skeleton known as Diane Feinstein, yes. Yeah. Talk about a bag of oatmeal. I mean, we talk about Biden. Since 1992. 31 years. That's unbelievable. At least, okay, at least she's on her way out. However, we, we wish I had that audio. She had no idea that she was even retiring. Her staff released a statement for her saying that she was retiring and she was questioned about it. And she was like, no, I'm not retiring. What are you talking about? And her staff had to tell her, no, Senator Feinstein, we, we, we released a statement. You are retiring. It, it was very uncomfortable. Look it up. She uh, is how old? 89? Uh, she's close to 90. So she's probably 88, 89, I think. She's 89. Yeah, 89. Shingles. Why are you still in the Senate at 89 years old? How much? Like, think about, think about the absolute ego you have to feed to still want to be in the Senate at 89 years old. Why don't you retire and enjoy the rest of your life with your family? What the, what, what possible reason do you have that you could still want to be in the United States Senate at 89 years old. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's unbelievable. You have her, Mitch McConnell, and John Fetterman. I mean, these guys are like the walking dead. And those are... This is the United States Senate, Joe. It's insane. I was trying to look up that video of Diane Feinstein being totally caught by surprise by the fact that she is retiring, but I can't, I can't find it. I'm mad. But yes, that, that, that's this. This is the Senate. This is the upper chamber, Mark. For those that that remember history and and well, what's the term? Um, we learned government. Yeah. Mitch McConnell's been in the Senate since 1985. Yeah. Wow. I mean, these are just, these are just, I mean, there, there's, there are other people that are, that are older, very old uh, that we haven't even named that are in the Senate. 
Wow. What's the one? Um, Bud something. Oh, I can't remember. He's he's yeah, like. Is that what his name is? Is he still in there? Chuck, Gra- Chuck Grassley's old too. Chuck Grassley's got to be close to ninety. Chuck Grassley is old. He's been in the Senate since nineteen eighty one. Who are we missing? There's someone on the Democrat that's really old. <laughs> Leahy something. Patrick Leahy from uh, from Vermont. He's got to be in his eighties. No, he's not. He's out. He's out. That's Bernie and Peter Welch. Yeah, these are some very, very old senators. They love holding on to power, Joe. I mean, what other what other reason do you do you have? <laughs> I don't know how they keep on getting. Well, I could probably tell you how they keep on getting reelected, but you might not believe me. <laughs> oh man. All right, what do we got? Wait, we got you go on to just just for clarity, just for clarity, that Diane Feinstein is on the wrong half of eighty nine. That's how close she is to ninety. It's almost crazy when you see guys like Josh Hawley, who are so young, like he's younger, you know, mid forties, and you think that he's like a little kid because every every other a lot of other senators are just so old. But this is who's running our country. Yeah. yeah. You have the bag of oatmeal in the White House. You have these senators who, like we just mentioned, probably 10 of them belong, you know, uh, in Villa St. Joseph in Baden. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, you know, Nancy Pelosi, who was in charge of the House. So. All right, let's go on to our favorite, current favorite senator, John Fetterman. Back at work. He's back, Joe. And he showed up at the Senate, showed up at work, wearing a Carhartt hoodie, shorts, and a pair of sneakers. With shoestrings. With shoestrings. That's a good positive. He's allowed to have shoestrings. But that's right. John Fetterman um, returned, I think, on was it Monday? For the first time since mid-February when he had a panic attack or something random. It definitely wasn't a stroke. After a six-week hospitalization for clinical depression. It was definitely clinical depression. Shut up. It had nothing to do with the stroke that he had that he was totally healthy for. He's, a fit, he's as fit as a horse, apparently. Um, but let's play the audio of him returning. You have to look it up for him, for yourself, to see what he's wearing and his ears, Mark, look like Mr. Potato Head ears. Do they not? They do. Let's play the video. Welcome back, Senator. He's just in motion. How are you feeling, Senator? You would think that, like, he's Frankenstein, and, like, that's uh, the townspeople with, with fire. Pitchforks and fire. The way he ran away from the my lord. Uncle Okay. Nick, the Steelers fan that that emailed us a few weeks ago was Listener right. Nick, yeah. Unc- Uncle Fester doesn't have much left in the tank when you watch that video. But is he ever gonna take questions? Uh, I mean I'm I'm serious. 
I understand he's not exactly the brightest bulb in the chandelier, but this is after being MIA for over two months. Is is he ever going to answer questions without an assisted device or like a handler next to him? This is insane to me. He's fine. Bad luck getting dropped off at the Senate building in a Chevy Traverse, by the way. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Bad luck, uh, Mr. Senator. He could have easily walked over to the, to the uh, gaggle of reporters that were standing there waiting for him. And, and what, taking a bite out of them? <laughs> I'm sure they would have treated him with kid gloves. And he just kind of walks away. His hands are up in the air. He waves, and it's great to be back. He put his hands up like he was surrendering. Yeah. It's so and he fun. just kind of wobbles <laughs> over, wobbles over to the building, and off he goes. It's great to be back, everybody. And he walks into a tunnel. Well, his wife's probably. Somewhere in a, in a dark room, slamming a bottle of scotch somewhere. So pissed off that he's not dead, where she can't fill his seat. That might be Fire, firefighter Giselle. That, that that could be. We never covered how they released the photo of Fetterman from May of two thousand. What was it? Was it two thousand twenty one? And it looked like a completely different. No, two thousand twenty two. Like nine months ago, and it looked like a completely different human. Yeah. Something's not all right there. Something no, right. I, I'm serious. Something is a foul here. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it goes a lot deeper than we we know about. But I just have a, I just have this feeling that something isn't right with. Look at his legs, how skin. I'm telling you, that could be a midget on stilts or something. Look at his yeah. how skinny his legs, his calves are. <laughs> it could be Giselle on stilts. She's built the same as him, just shorter, kind of. <laughs> Significantly shorter. What if he would honestly, though, in your mind, picture him? What else is he supposed to do? He gets out of the Chevy Traverse, walks over to a reporter, and just picks one up and just takes a bite of him like he's a chocolate Easter bunny. What, what, what's going to happen? They're going to. Oh, man. I wouldn't be surprised in this WWE scenario we got going on if something like that would happen. <laughs> I kind of want something crazy to happen. I don't know what it is, but I just want something crazy to come out. Something crazy to happen that like Him doesn't involve speech. war or nuclear war. Something that doesn't involve like loss of life. John Fetterman giving yeah. a floor speech on the Senate floor in a tux in a tuxedo. Oh, God, what a world we live in. Listener Nick, you had your chance. You had your chance. To get what? Eaten alive? <laughs> if I saw him at Robinson Mall, I'm not even sure what I would say. What would you say to him if you saw him at Robinson Mall? Honestly, what would you do? Serious uh, I, question. I honestly, I don't know. If, I told you, I don't know if I would say anything. I think I would just follow him around and just observe. <laughs> and like write it down, maybe. I don't know if I video. I, I wouldn't want to get caught. So, like, I would honestly put. I, I might even bend the knee and put like on a mask, put a mask on, and just follow him around and just watch his every interaction. That that's yeah. got to be the best move. 
what are you going to say to him? He might not even understand what you say. And he's not he's certainly not going to be able to speak, speak back. Right. Oh, thank you, everybody. You're ruining, you're ruining our country. Where have you been? Please resign, sir. Sir. Oh, my God. I still can't believe he won. I honestly still can't believe it. It's just amazing. You know what? F Dr. Oz, too, because I told you. Where's Dr. Oz been? Nowhere. He's doing nothing. I, I, I would be, too. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be hiding. I'd be completely embarrassed and emasculated that John Fetterman beat me in a race, statewide race. All right, uh, let's move on to a topic that uh, hasn't been in the news in the last few several months. Do I remember months. covering this topic in the summer? I think it was the summer in the early days of this podcast, and we had a lot, we had a lot of fun. But this is this is a great icing on the cake. This article. So yeah, remember uh, to our listeners listening out there, monkeypox. Joe, <laughs> monkeypox. What do you have? So this is from. This is from the New York Times. This isn't like the onion. This is, this is the New York Times. Newsletter. <laughs> Opinion. How gay men saved us from monkeypox. Actually, it just says mpox. Make it like cool. I don't, even, I don't even want to go on to read it, but it goes on to say um, what, what the title says, how gay men, gay men saved us from another pandemic. Continue. I, I, I didn't even. I didn't even read this. Continue. Uh, well, well, hold on. Well, you know who certainly didn't didn't save them. Gavin Newsom. He didn't lift a finger to help the gay community, if you remember. But I'll just I'll, I'll summarize the article, and then we'll just move on. To, to summarize, the gay population policed itself and didn't need government intervention into their decision making for their everyday lives. So that's a great great precedent that was set. Thank you very much, gay community, and I honestly mean it. I don't know what else to say. Uh... Okay. So, what did they do? The title of that article. Yeah. Oh my! I I don't have the New York Times subscription, so I can't read it, anyways. But it, it, it goes on to tell you how, how basically the science was was wrong. Well, while monkeypox could live on surfaces, it turned out it didn't spread that way. The virus required close, sustained contact to spread, which is why it was fanning out overwhelmingly through sex. So this outbreak that started in the gay and bisexual communities mostly stayed in those communities, but not for long. And it goes on to say some of the things they did and how it ended faster than many believed it would. Wow. It's, it's just... Uh, the, the title, though. <sighs> who saved us from coronavirus? Because that was a bigger deal, and it's over, right? Who saved us from COVID? You. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Everyone knows that. Everyone who's followed you on social media knows you saved us from, from the coronavirus. Uh, we still don't know anything about it, but you did something. Oh, well, we know a lot. We just don't know which one's the truth. We know a lot of – yeah, we – we know so much about it. We just don't know what's yeah. a giant puzzle still. We actually know more about it than anything else, but we just don't know what's, what's real and what isn't. Yeah. All right. 
Um, let's move on to our next topic, Joe. We have uh, – oh, God, this was scary. This brought back uh, memories of Shinzo Abe getting assassinated, uh, which still I can't believe that happened. Uh, Japan's prime minister attacked. What do you have? So this is footage from, I think it was on Sunday, um, of an attempt on Japanese Prime Minister Fumia Kishida? Kishida? Yeah. From Wakayama, Wakayama City. And yep. uh, someone comes up from behind and throws like a briefcase or drops a briefcase. And I don't know if it's the secrets, whatever they have at Secret Service, but the security detail comes up and picks it up and throws it away or I don't, I don't know what's what's going on but apparently he's safe so wow why what's not? going on in Japan why do they, why do they keep why? attacking political leaders over there and you don't see this kind of stuff in Japan like political assassinations and that kind of stuff assassinations in general Japan's not known for their violence like that I don't think correct me if I'm right. wrong but they're known as no, the hermit, right. the hermit kingdom for a reason, I think. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. Wow. Someone right. said um, in the comments. Someone said, "Could it be China?" I mean, maybe. It could be anybody. Yeah. It could be, it could be North Korea. It could be the United States. It could be the United States if you want to. Right. If you want to really, let's not forget Nord Stream. But yeah. Speaking of speaking of that, as we can transition to the next one if you want, which is a great transition, the nine eleven pilots who ran planes into the twin twi- towers were CIA agents? Question mark. Uh, yeah, I read this before uh, we jumped on to record this, and this is an insane article. I I, I don't even know like where to begin, so I'll let you. Well. It seems like there's a there's a history of this with the CIA. So it begs the question, why is this is from April 14th, 2023. Why is this not getting more attention in the media? I mean, the, you said it yourself, it's a slow news week. Where's this story been? I, I want to hear someone else's take on this. I this came out three days ago, by the way. Yeah. They're from uncensored documents from... Uh, the Guantanamo Military Commission. Um, and I just I just don't understand how you haven't seen this on MSNBC. What have they been covering? I, I really didn't watch the news yesterday, but this is an abomination. The, the two pilots. These are the people that actually flew the planes. Yeah. I don't know, Mark. What, what are your thoughts? Well, according to this article here, basically, uh, in a nutshell, I hope I'm summarizing this correctly, uh, the CIA, um, whether they recruited these guys from Saudi Arabia or not, basically were assisting these hijackers. And again, this was, like you said, um, these are from uh, Guantanamo Military Commission. And... um, made public through a Guantanamo Bay court docket. This is, this is, this is pretty insane. Um, 
Two of the hijackers were under close CIA surveillance, and it's possible that the agency hired them long before they carried out the attacks. Um, until March 2022, when a large number of FBI records were declassified at the White House's request, those shocking details were kept from public, the public's gaze. All right, so these are two of the pilots, two of the four. Um, still, it says, talks about these persistent mysteries have not yet been fully clarified more than 20 years later. What were they doing 18 months before 9-11? Um, they were recognized by the CIA and NSA as potential al-Qaeda terrorists prior to the arrival in the United States in January of 2000. They entered the country on multiple entry visas. All right. I think the only way you can probably get those is through, for these guys, like a CIA, FBI type of um, collaboration. Huh. Uh, they were in an Al-Qaeda gathering in Kuala Lumpur just days prior to their arrival, where important decisions regarding the 9-11 tax that were thought to have been made. Um the CIA had this thing called an Alex station. It was a special unit set up to follow Osama bin Laden. Uh, and they requested that Malaysian authorities discreetly picture and record the meeting. But oddly, no audio was recorded of this meeting in Kuala Lumpur. Um, you know, it goes on to say, um, you know, the CIA prevented bureau representatives, that means FBI, and Alex station from informing their superiors about their admission for a six-month period without incident at LAX, okay? Um, basically, they tried to throw the FBI um, off their scent. You know, guys, are there's quotes uh, on here, you know, saying that we've got to tell the Bureau about this. These guys are clearly bad. And the CIA said, no, it's not the FBI's case, not the FBI's jurisdiction. So um, whether the CIA gave them money for rent, you know, or assisted them in getting into the country, I don't know, but I mean, they're, they're, this it goes on, you know, in, in in more detail here. There are a couple guys that aren't named; they're just given code code um, like CS twenty three. One guy's referred to as CS three FBI agent, and they're on the record here with some quotes. Um, so this is just very very suspect as to why um, they were working with these guys. So and we're never, and we're probably never going to get any definite answers. It's, it's a lot of questions still about what happened on 9-11, how two planes caused three buildings to fall. Yeah. Um, but I will say, uh, I'll, I'll finish with this, and then you can take it from here if you want to add anything else. Uh, but one of these uh, bureau agents basically said he was aware that the CIA had multiple operational files on Bayumi, which one of the terrorists here, one of the pilots, notwithstanding agency officials' claims to Operation Encore representatives that they didn't have any information on him. This created a substantial paper trail. And then he said he was confident that the CIA utilized Riyadh, which is the capital of Saudi Arabia, as a middleman to try to recruit Hazmi and Midar while avoiding rules forbidding the agency from the activities on U.S. soil by maintaining a liaison connection with the Saudi intelligence services. This is like way beyond anything that we could comprehend or grasp. How deep in the connections the intelligence community makes to, to cultivate these guys, these intelligence assets. Um, so CIA helped 
this guy with opening a bank account for two hijackers in San Diego. They also got them an apartment on lease. But the only thing we have to ask here is why? Why? So. I, I got a good why. So they were from Saudi Arabia, but we never attacked Saudi Arabia. We attacked Iraq and later Afghanistan and huh. Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting, you know, uh, that this actually happened. You know, these guys weren't necessarily rogue. Maybe not, you know, maybe these guys were cultivated um, by intelligence agencies. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, it's not like these guys probably just entered the country, you know, on their own. I mean, they had help from somebody, you know, they had to have help. Was we just read to you? you know, cash, getting an apartment, getting their feet on the ground, getting up and moving here, you know? So does it go deeper than this? You know, how many, how many terrorists were involved? Would they say 18 or something like that? Um, so who else was involved with these guys? Makes you, uh, has to make you think. If nothing else, it has to make you think, you know, uh, some of the things the CIA is capable of doing and what they will do, you know, to accomplish their mission, accomplish their goals. And it's all the three-letter agencies. Look at, um, we just had, what was it, the 10-year anniversary of the Boston bombing? Don't forget, an FBI agent, I think, went on trial and was eventually cleared because he was the length of the shooter for, like, knowing him at the, the gym or something. He had influence on yeah this uh i gotta watch that by the way it's on netflix just came out that's next on my list but all right uh do you want to get into disclose yes disclose segment brought to you by Solmona imports here we go pull up our uh Telegram channel, and we work backwards. U.S. SEC, Security and Exchange Commission, charges cryptocurrency exchange Bitrex and its CEO with operating unregistered securities exchange. They want that CBDC. Oh, yes. Central bank digital currency coming in hot. But guess what, Joe? Bitcoin's still going to go up. Mm -hmm. I hope. Stop it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where it heads. We have another halving coming up in April. Um, so normally uh, the price usually spikes right after the halving. Uh, these halving events tend to lead to very bullish sentiment around the coin. So uh, total crypto market cap right now, $1.26 trillion invested in crypto across the world. Uh, we saw this in the news. U.S. makes first arrest. Joe, we need to talk about this. U.S. makes first arrest for operating an illegal Chinese police station on its territory. An FBI official added anyone working on behalf of a hostile foreign nation to violate our national security and freedoms from within our borders will be held accountable. Joe, any take on that? Um, I, uh, I got a lot of takes from number one. Why now? Number two, we we've known this has been going on. This is this is a story that popped up a couple a couple weeks ago, but 
Are we going to find anything else, or is this just something that was supposed to occupy the news cycle for a few days? Yeah. Uh, I mean, w- what's going to happen with this, uh, Mary Garden? Anything? Probably not. Uh, w- w- I don't know. So think about this, Joe. If I understand this correctly, the Chinese Communist Party was running an illegal police station in New York City. Is that my re- am I understanding that correctly? Yes. <laughs> Correct. In, in the United States of America, the most powerful country in the world, and its biggest city. Mayor Eric Adams says the safest big city in America. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure the Chinese probably pose less of a threat for the average New Yorker than the crime going on there. Yeah. Budweiser suddenly releases new patriotic ad after backlash over partnership with trans influencer. Yeah, it's just it's not going to work. Now they're just going to piss everyone off. Um, they really dropped the ball on this. But hey, you go woke, you go broke. I think they're a WEF company. I don't know what what's that rating scale that you get if you're if yeah you're... social social credit score. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're pretty high up on that. But Don Jr. said, "Call the dogs off. Stop the boycott of the of Budweiser." But Dan Bongino says, "No, keep it up." You have to send a message. I mean, I, I agree with Dan. I don't drink Bud Light anyway, but I agree more with Dan Bongino. But I, I think it's being at a certain point, it's going to be overblown. But I think they may have learned their lesson, at least for the time being. But yeah, what happened to the uh, the ad executive there for Anheuser Busch? I wonder if she still has her job. Probably, she's a woman. And she might be gay. Yeah. Vatican's chief exorcist, Father Gabriel Amorth, reportedly performed 60,000 exorcisms. That's like Will Chamberlain numbers there. That's that's like one every... He had to do a couple of nights. Been telling you all. The devil's real. Satan's real. And he's infiltrated definitely the Vatican, probably some of the most powerful governments in the world. Probably all of them. Probably all of them. Definitely ours. Yes, definitely ours. Elon Musk. Various government agencies effectively had full access to everything that was going on Twitter, including the user's direct messages. That means that they could see anything. If you're if you're a journalist and you have a source on there, your source, your source is now out into the government. I don't Anything. think people understand like how big of a deal this is. Yeah. Anything. Germany has just begun shutting down its last three remaining nuclear power plants. Germany's last three nuclear power plants are offline now. Genius move, guys. Enjoy that. Enjoy that wood fire. Great. So, so woke and stupid. Plus-size travel social media influencer demands free seats, better accommodations on airlines. I can get behind her on that. I I also want that. Figuratively, not literally, correct? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I hate flying. So flying is one of the the most disgusting. We we did it in one of the episodes with how I hate 
in the middle of the pandemic, they still you still have to take your shoes off and touch all them dirty things and put your iPad in its separate bin and touch your mask and pull it down to make sure you weren't Mujahideen ready to blow up the airplane. God, my God. Well, you got to shell the 85 bucks for TSA pre-check, Joe. Five years, you don't have to take your shoes off. That's what I do. It's just, that's another thing, too. Oh, wow, you could, you could avoid all this. Your government will stop putting stuff will stop harassing you if you just pay the extra money. It's, it's, like, the, it's like the passes to Kennywood. It's unfair. <laughs> what if everyone buys the pass? Then, then it's anarchy. Yeah. China expands wartime military draft to include veterans and college students to bolster the country's combat effectiveness. No. Good. And, and honestly... I told you I'm anti-war and we should not be going to war with China, but God help us if we do, because we are not ready. We are not even mobilized or attempting to mobilize. And we just sent a lot of our ammunition to Ukraine. So good luck sending anything to Taiwan if they need it. Montana lawmakers passed bill blocking downloads of TikTok. The most significant action by a U.S. state yet against the Chinese app. Like I said, that, that, that TikTok China... banjo. Well, that that, that that Chinese spy balloon was such a big deal. Whenever, who knows how many? How is TikTok on government phones in the White House? You see what I'm saying? So what? What's it all matter? Should it be banned? I, I'm not for banning anything, but I think at this point we should know: is it spyware on our phone? It's it's. Uh, I, I don't know. Dan Bongino says it's owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Well. You can make the argument, well, hey, Twitter Twitter was owned by the United States federal government, technically, or the three-letter agencies. Same with Facebook. I hear you. You, can, you see how you can take that argument? And so if, by logic, if you ban TikTok, then you should have to, then every country has to ban Facebook and Twitter. Oh, I don't know about Twitter anymore, but Facebook. Well, some, some countries do ban Facebook. And now you know why. Yeah. I used to think they were crazy. You think, you think it's allowed in China? Facebook? No. I don't think so, is it? No. Elon Musk has created a new artificial intelligence company called X.AI that is incorporated in Nevada. Hmm. What's, it, what's that going to do? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just giving you the news. Uh, I, don't know. I don't even for some reason, when I think of Elon, after watching the Tucker interview, I just think of something with technology that's going to lead to like a, a Terminator salvation something scenario. I have been waiting for Elon Musk to come out with a a phone that's going to rival the iPhone. Do you think it'll happen? I just hope it's not a brain phone or anything. Yeah, Neuralink. Just a standard, standard phone is fine. Tesla should come out with a phone that rivals Apple. I agree. You'd be crazy popular. Uh, hey, I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of things that I love about Apple, and I, I can't do Samsung or anything else. I'm pretty much stuck with Apple because of I'm, yeah. I'm used to it. But yeah. would I buy one? Maybe. It depends on the price. Yeah. All right. Uh can't go an episode without talking about it. No good evidence yet that proves COVID came from animals, says former Chinese CDC head. 
No good evidence yet. It proves COVID came from animals, says former Chinese CDC head. Are they ever... Uh, it's been three years. Are they just waiting for everyone to just forget COVID ever exists? Like, did they botch this that bad? Were they just trying to just erase it from history? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, my. All right. Uh, BlackRock's assets swell to over $9 trillion, according to Bloomberg. And here you see the head of BlackRock with a World Economic Forum logo in the background. That's great. Uh, Biden claims the single existential threat to the world is climate change. We don't have a lot of time, and that's a fact, Jack. (laughs) You sound so much like him. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, The U.S. Supreme Court allows a $6 billion student debt settlement that could lead to the cancellation of 200,000 loans. Let let us know as soon as it it actually goes through the Supreme Court. Well, did it go through the Supreme Court? Yes. It it, it was like for those for-profit schools, you know, that kind of misled people. So um, I'm good with that. Well, this is going to turn to a huge issue because it seems like certain people might actually get the student loan forgiveness and r- regular people might not. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, people, I think people were deceived. I think that's the whole point of this whole case. It's not like, Oh, you're a teacher. You're getting your loan. No, it was like you went to this school, you know, you were misled, deceived by this for-profit school, you know? So, uh, Biden, let's go lick the world. Let's get it done. Said that already. Uh, we talked about Jack Teixeira, 21-year-old Air National Guardsman. It sounds like a movie. He hacked his way, like the, he hacked his way into the the giant mainframe and was able to stop the war in Ukraine from escalating into a global nuclear thermal war. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it, it's. I should have mentioned this earlier. The papers basically show that the war is not going Ukraine's way at all, and that both sides are are inflating the they're deflating the numbers of dead. But Ukraine's is really bad; it's like seven to one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I said before, said it last episode. I don't think a lot of these other countries across the world are even taking giving two shits what the United States says anymore about global issues because. We're so enamored with Ukraine, and these other countries don't want to get on board with Ukraine. So the United States is getting literally getting left behind in global affairs. At least that's the way it appears to me, because we're so bogged down with Ukraine. We're so obsessed with Ukraine. All depends on, like we said with the narrative wars, it all depends who you get your news from. Because if you watch CNN and MSNBC, even, even Fox News, you might think, hey, this isn't that bad. Spring offensive's coming up. Spring offensive is coming up. Maybe just get to that and, and Russia will back off. It's not going to happen like that. No. China's Central Military Commission had approved the provision of lethal aid to Russia for its war in Ukraine and wanted it kept secret, according to the Washington Post. But who did? China. Since China's Central Military Commission had approved the provision of lethal aid to Russia. Oh, that's not good. 
What's Lethal Weight consist of, Joe? I'm guessing anything that's like that. that Russia that, has nukes. That's like lethal. lethal. It, could, it, it could be, it could be ammunition. It could be anything that's considered lethal weight. I guess it may, maybe defense missile systems. I, I I don't know. I have no idea what could be considered lethal. But it's not food. Yeah. It's not boots. Uh, all right. We, we, we should also here. we should also note that like we were the ones to saber rattle the nuclear thing first. It wasn't like Putin said that, hey, first strike nuclear capabilities on the table for Russia. No, the United States and NATO said that, and then Putin turned around and said, well, it is. It's on the table for us too, meaning yeah. that at any moment there could be a nuclear a tactical nuclear strike as the first strike approach. It's crazy to think of that. Like we are literally approaching Cuban Missile Crisis level events here. I know. All right, Trump sues ex-attorney Michael Cohen for five hundred million dollars. Why well, not just make it a billion? Yeah. Uh, U.S. annual inflation falls from six percent to five percent in March. U.S. stock futures surge after inflation. Print. I'd love to know how. I'd love to know how they fudge the numbers because I still pay like six dollars a dozen for eggs and I, chickens. Do, do, how do eggs cost $6? Explain to me in the supply chain how eggs are costing $6. Is it is it yeah. the more expensive gas to transport them? Is it the more expensive chicken feed? What is it that made them go up 600%? I don't know. I think it's feed. I go to a farm down the road from my house and I still pay five bucks a dozen. You know, and those are just chickens just laying eggs right there in their yard. It's crazy. And then inflation, we talked about with the gas stuff. I think we're at like right around, it's either 60% full or 40% full. I can't remember which way. Yeah. But that strategic petroleum reserve is, is dwindling down. And if there's, I'm telling you, you're going to have gas shortages. We're going to be waiting in lines to get gas like it's the 70s. He's big. Yeah. He's bringing back Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden is. Yeah. Reincarnating. Not that he, she's not dead yet. We shouldn't say that. So, uh, we talked about Bud Light. Uh, Brazil's Lula da Silva arrives in China. Another world leader going to China. Kiss the ring. And I think that's all we got, Joe. All right. Good episode. Yes, yeah, fun time. Fun time. Fun time. So, uh, uh, that's all we got, Joe. You have uh, this day in history. I'll let you take it from uh, from here. Just want to say thank you, everyone, for listening. Please share this out. Find a traditional Latin mass out there, folks, and be a force multiplier. Joe, what do you got? This day in history. So Paul Revere made his midnight ride. Paul Revere, on the night of April 18th, 1775, made his dramatic ride on horseback to warn the Boston area residents of an imminent attack by the British troops. Um, this was before, I think, leading up to the Battle of Lexington and Concord. Again, this was 1775, not 1776. I, I can't believe how many people think the American Revolution just up and started on July 4th, 1776. Um, but more importantly, 
What were the British trying to do that caused this? The answer? Take the colonists' muskets. Take their weapons. Take their arms. Take their guns. Um, A few weeks earlier, an order was given to disarm the rebels, who were known to have hidden weapons in Concord and among other locations. Keep in mind, this is after maybe a decade or two after the colonists won a war for Great Britain, um, the French and Indian War. Um, and they wanted to keep their weapons, and they thought they had every right to, and weren't being represented in um, Parliament, I guess it was then. But on this day in 1775, Paul Revere made his famous ride, and the term, one if by land, two if by sea, was created, or coined. And that is it. This has been Thinking Logically. Thank you very much for listening.